And welcome into the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio Live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I'm Jake Miller alongside Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, and intern Jack. We have a basketball game tonight. Tennessee at Missouri. 7 o'clock, the SEC Network. The reason this game is not on the flagship is because Missouri is 0-12 in conference play. They're 8-17 overall. They are not that good. Tennessee has put itself in position to go win an SEC regular season championship. The matchup predictor is giving Tennessee a 90.9% chance to win this game. Tennessee enters the game right now as an 11.5 point favorite, opened at 12.5. The over-under at this game is set for 147 and a half. Dalton Connect leads Tennessee in scoring. Jonas Adu in rebounds. Zakai Ziegler in assist. Sean East leads Missouri in points and assists while Noah Carter is tallying up the rebounds, averaging about five per game. Sean East only averaging about 16 points per game and 4.2 assists. Tennessee averaging 80.4 points per game to Missouri's 72.2. And of course, the more things change, the more they stay the same, Tennessee leads in assist. I think we're down to like 27th in the country right now as far as tallying up assists before the season goes. I expect Tennessee to dominate on the boards as well, averaging about seven more rebounds per game than what Missouri is averaging. In their last five, Tennessee is 4-1 and one with a lone loss coming at Texas A&M 85-69, which we would say might be the worst loss of the season. Missouri in their last five. Lost to Arkansas, 91-84. Lost to Vanderbilt, 68-61. Lost to Texas A&M, 79-60. Lost to Mississippi State, 75-51. And a loss to Ole Miss, 79-76. Not a lot worries me about this game. Just to be up front, nothing really worries me. This team has not won a conference game all year. Their closest time they even really came close to it was the other night when they played Ole Miss. This is not a good team that we're going to play tonight. Excuse me, they did only lose by two to South Carolina in overtime. That was their closest loss of the SEC schedule. Now, looking at this game, go around the room here, get everybody's initial thoughts. I just don't see any way, shape, or form that Missouri loses this game. I think even if Tennessee has an off night, that Tennessee's going to go in and probably still cover the spread even with an off night. Like that's how bad this Missouri team is. The get-in price of this game, anyone want to take a guess? I already saw it. A dollar. Two dollars. Free 99. Wow. I mean, if you pay two dollars to go watch, and you're a Missouri fan, to watch this game, you're getting bamboozled. Hey, but they can go watch a top-five team. You're going to pay more for a Coca-Cola or a White Claw than what you are the tickets to that game. <laughs> like, you can't even buy a four-pack of Reese's Sticks for what it's going to cost you to go to that game. That's true. That, that That's how bad Missouri is. They're not a good basketball team. I don't even know if you can even build for the future. They might just need to light the whole thing on they, fire and burn it down. They're crazy looking at their numbers. They're two guards. They're two leading scores. Shoot a very good percentage, very high percentage. Yeah, they shoot over 50%. 50% and over 40 from three – over 85 from the free throw line? Like, what's going on? I, didn't, I don't they ha- didn't they have a guy last year that was like – They were good last year. That uh, guy go pro. You're thinking of Nick Honor. Did he stay? No. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he's there. It says – yeah, he's averaging 10 a game. Because that's a guy he kind of 
from what I remember, I mean, he was handling us very well. Well, they had that big guy. Year. What was his name? They had a big guy that was a good forward as well. I don't remember. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Not good enough for me to remember him. I'll he, say that He much. killed us. Him and another guard killed us. They did. But Tennessee, Missouri, 11.5 point favorite. Tennessee covers and – I'm going to go ahead and say Kobe Brown. That's it. Kobe Brown. That's exactly who it was. Brett, how are you today, man? Doing good. I watched more NASCAR yesterday than I thought I would. It was pretty exciting. Um, not only get basketball, you get baseball this afternoon as well. Uh, home, uh, home opener. So it's a big day for UT Sports. Uh, but yeah, doing doing good. Excited for you know the game. I'm not sure how much I'll get to watch, but uh, but I'm not overly concerned with this. Um, this game at all uh you know they don't seem to i mean they've lost 15 of their last 16 games so they're a bad basketball team um so you know hopefully hopefully it's like last game vandy you know get connect his 20 to 25 and you can get some like car play some more you know let some of these other guys get in the game so you know it's gonna be a, a good day on uh rocky top i hope so i really do and um quite frankly i don't have any reason to worry like I mentioned, you have no reason to worry about this game tonight. Yeah. I don't care if it is Rick Barnes in February. Because, I mean, here's the thing. We're three weeks through February, about to be, and we have done a lot better than what we did last year. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and see where we were this time last year. I know we started going a little bit because we were right around a 1-2 one, one, seed last year at one point. I mean, we were number two in the country. Then you go down and drop in a stinker Florida. to Florida, and then you lose to yeah. Vanderbilt and – Missouri back to back on last buzzer second beater, buzzer beaters. Yeah, that was probably the difference in getting a one seed. <laughs> like, do you know how rare it is to lose back to back games on buzzer beaters? Uh, no. That's... It's like a point oh four percent chance of that ever happening. And it well, I remember the Tennessee. Missouri game last year. I think uh, Tyreek Key is the one that like went bonkers in the second half with like thirty. Well, that was the most exciting basketball that we had seen all year. Yeah. was last year against Missouri and Thompson Bowling because it seemed like we were just playing free. We were running up and down the floor, shooting the ball a lot more, dropping a lot more shots. It was entertaining basketball. Yep. And I know a lot of people out there that will agree. It's like that might have been the most exciting basketball we had last year, even though we lost. Mm-hmm. That grand, you're going to factor in Duke and games like that. But all in all, that was probably my favorite game from last year. Marcus, how are you today, sir? I'm all right. Uh, it was funny at one point yesterday, I forgot to put my side bet on Alfredo, but it was funny because at we'll one be point, glad that you didn't, I looked up at the TV and there was one point where he was in third place and I'm like, <laughs> I swear, well, I'll tell you another one. If that- this is the time that I forgot to put a bet down and this man wins it, I will never forgive myself, but good thing he didn't finish. Well, he did finish. But he uh, did not do well. I think it was like 20-something. Well, David Reagan, I want to say he was, his odds were ridiculous. It was like, what, 50,000? Yeah. And he was running up close to the front at one point. And I'm like. Well, when they flash the times up at that race, you're in 25th. You're like not even second off the lead. No. You know, you're LaJoy like, was you're fourth, by the way. Yes. So like the leaderboard, just like all the names are like, I'm trying to find my guys. Right. And they're like all moving. <laughs> And of course, and you can't see them on the track oh, hardly no. at all unless they run up front. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, that's something I wish they would do a better job at because a lot of your best racing is coming in the middle of the pack. And you know, Marcus, at one point yesterday, there was about it, the big one happened with fourteen to go, right? Yeah, maybe less, but it, it was around. There might have been eight yeah, to go. Yeah, but one of the things that stood out to me, I don't know, Jack, if you watched either, but at one point they were about ten rows deep of three wide. 
Yeah, I don't know how that guy drives in the middle of that stuff. That is the definition of a hornet's nest because you have nothing but buzzing going on all around you. You're bumper to bumper, side by side, almost touching Those a poor spotters up there, man. Ooh, man. That's where you earn your money if, if you're a spotter. Yeah, gosh. Of course, William Byron gets the win. Alex Bowman, his teammate, 24 in the 48, one should have had to go overtime. And we're, we're, or at least let him finish the lap because it was – it was the final lap, right? Yeah. They could have easily. Those guys, you said, they right were out of away. the way. Yeah. Well, and we're going to get into that a little bit here after yeah. a while. But, yeah. you know, that, that's uh, that's something that really bothers me. You know, if they're out of the way, there's no debris on the track. Let them race. Let them race. But, of course, NASCAR is going to be NASCAR. And, of course, we didn't get the finish that we all deserved. Kind of a uh, very disappointing finish to the first race of the year. Jack, how we doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I actually – for the first time maybe in my life, I turned on NASCAR and uh, tried watching it. However, yeah, like you said, the names were changing, and I had no idea who was winning, who was losing. I was, yeah. like, checked out of that one pretty quick. But, mm-hmm. yeah, my boy Jimmy Johnson, uh, he he is washed. Y'all, y'all are correct on that. Um, I was also looking for Alfredo. I didn't see him get top three. That was cool that he was up there. but yeah, I think it was like a split second at the beginning. Like, I, I don't think it yeah. was long. Because I literally was at work, and I looked up at a TV, and I was like, oh, oh, he's in third. Yeah. Well, what did I mention to you all yesterday about this race? At points, you're not necessarily racing against the other drivers. You're racing against the track because it will swallow you up if you get caught up in the big one. And sure enough, it took out half the field with about eight to go. It is what it is. Any other thoughts regarding this basketball game tonight? Because, quite frankly, uh, I, I really don't see much to talk about. I think Dalton Connect will probably go for somewhere between 17 to 20 points, and you're going to get to see a lot of guys get in that don't normally get in the game. Yeah, it's, once it again. has a similar feel to maybe a, the Vandy game, you hope. Just come out early, take care of business, and just don't want to be get rested, get ready for Saturday. I just, or you go AM some payback. I'm having a hard time really understanding why the spread is only at 11 and a half. I mean, this feels like it should have been 18 and a half, 19 and a half in Tennessee's favor, even on the you road. You know it'll go up, surely. But it actually went down, you said, right? Started at 12 and a half? Started at 12 and a half. It went down to 11 and a half. I, I just don't want us to be their first one. <laughs> Golly. We're a, team, you we, we're a team that does that, unfortunately, at times. So, uh, maybe that's why. it's Maybe some people see it. Maybe Vegas sees it as a trap game. Um. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. You hope we get to see some guys that don't get to play that often. That, that would be the ideal situation. You'd have a similar game like you did against Vandy. But uh, this team does weird things, so should be should be a good game either way. Oh, man. Tennessee baseball at home, finally. Lindsey Nelson Stadium. You get to see the baseballs back in action does anybody know how much progress they actually made on the stadium renovations because i i'll be honest i have not looked into that in quite some time yeah i'm not sure uh i think rick rick butler might have put some video out when he got to see it or maybe tucker one of the two put some video out looked like they had done some stuff down the first baseline and third baseline maybe more bleachers or seating i'm not sure i'd have to go and try and find it and of course, um, every Tennessee baseball game from today through March the 16th, excuse me, the 15th, will be on the SEC Network Plus. And then we finally get an SEC Network game 
when we go down to Tuscaloosa on March 16th. Is that SEC openers? Uh, SEC opener would be that Friday the 15th. So that's going to be our first conference game. So we're about So Alabama minutes. is our conference opener? Yes. Okay. In Tuscaloosa. And then you have you know, your midweek game is Xavier. And then – Last year we had to go to Missouri. Remember, it was like cold. And so it may be a little better in Alabama. <laughs> Hopefully. It, well, in the year before that, we had to go up Kentucky and it's raining outside. And the weather was just awful. Yeah, you just never know in March. I mean, it could be iffy down there too. So, I mean, this is, there's only two games through – Three, excuse me, up through the month of March. Yeah, I think the season's half over at that point. There's only going to be four games that are on cable television. Everything else you have to have SEC Network Plus. Yeah. Well, at least you don't have to – well, I guess you do kind of have to pay for SEC Network Plus, but at least it's not like Flow Sports. Does that bother anybody? I mean, we don't even have – I mean, LSU, that game, the first game at least, is going to be on ESPNU – and then two games on SEC Network. But there's not many games that are going to be on regular cable television. And we get a random game against Florida on ESPN2 on May the 2nd on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. But really, you get Vanderbilt on S- or ESPN2. But you don't get a lot of uh, don't get a lot of games on TV. There's, there's so team. much college baseball. It's hard in between that and when MLB starts. I mean, it's... It's hard to get those games on TV. Do you think it was strategically planned by the SEC on purpose to have Tennessee baseball fans pay for the SEC Network Plus? No, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I hate Greg Sankey. (laughs) They're just trying to make money, right? I hate them all. I hate them all. I can't stand streaming services. Y'all know this. I hate the companies, I hate the product, I hate everything about a streaming service. I mean, at least it gives you an option to watch. I mean, in the past you wouldn't have any way of watching. You'd have to listen to it on the radio. I mean, Wilkinson's not bad, but, I mean, I'd rather see what I'm watching. But if I don't have an option, then, you know, at least it's Wilkerson and not Bob. <laughs> well, thing is, i got a lot of respect for those guys. I don't have any ill will towards yeah. either of them. But you got Tennessee baseball tonight. You got Tennessee basketball tonight. Watch them both. Split screens. One TV here. Hopefully baseball's over before basketball. Hopefully so. It starts at 430. Yes, I mean, hopefully we'll get through that. I mean, you never know with college baseball what's really going to happen. I mean, as we saw last year, you know, Tennessee almost didn't even make it to Hoover for the SEC tournament and ended up going to Omaha. Now everybody makes it, right? The way they changed the SEC tournament this this season. And And it's single elimination. I like that a little bit better. Just having the one game? Yeah. Not being double elimination? Mm-mm. I think or that everybody makes it. Well, I think single elimination is the way to go because, I mean, you're going to get more fight out of these guys. I mean, in conference play, conference tournament, I think that's how it should be because you're going to get more out of these guys. You're going to get a better product. You're going to get more competition. You're going to get more competitiveness out of that. I guess everybody starts even, too, I guess, right? There's no buy, probably no buys. Probably not. play 16. Yeah, when, you, down. when you play 16, there's not going to be any buys whatsoever. Well, I mean, the 16th seed in this thing is going to be good, <laughs> probably. I mean, that or, – Or tough. I mean, baseball's tough anyway. I mean, it's going to be tough regardless. I mean, that's yeah. just the nature of the beast yeah. with that sport. Stay with us. The G.I. Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well,
back here on the G.I. Jake Show, right here on Fan Run Radio, as we talked about a little bit in the first segment, the uh, the way the race ended last night. Daytona 500, which of course was postponed to yesterday due to rain on Sunday. Great racing. Absolutely phenomenal racing. All the way up until they decided to throw the caution flag on the last lap of the race. You hate to see something end the way that that did. That's basically like a football game ending on a 10-second runoff. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing in the world. It's like, really, we're not going to let them battle it out? Because, I mean, there's a lot that can happen in one lap at that track. Well, and there it, was some controversy, right? Because they were we had to go to a review because they weren't exactly sure who did win because somebody had passed Byron. It was Alex Bowman who finished second. It was like in a purple car. That's all yeah. I know. Was that who it was? Yeah, it was Alex know. Bowman in the 48, his teammate. Yeah. But, I mean, there's so much that can happen in one lap at a track like that. Yeah. I mean, we saw Kevin Harvick go from, like, 14th or 15th all the way to the front like, to win it was before. Just, it was just two cars, too, right? Like, right at the end there, Chastain and somebody else? Well, then you had somebody pushing whoever. Yeah. I mean, the thing, like, you never know what's going to happen in that last lap. No. So, the way I see it, I don't know, Marcus, Jack, if you all watched, but it's absolutely just disgusting at the fact that you cannot finish the race at a track like that because there's a caution right at the start-finish line, right at the start of the final lap. Now, had the caution come out before they had crossed the start-finish line, then they would have had to have went to overtime, run a green-white checkered. Mm -hmm. You did not get that. You did not get that, and it was just a matter of where the wreck happened, right? It just happened so close to the start-finish line? Well, I mean, and you can either judge it by the scoring line, Mm -hmm. and for some reason last night, I don't know why, but that's were, where it happened, right? Near the scoring line area, right? It was near it. Yeah. But they never crossed it because, of, yeah. you know, they showed the picture of Alex Bowman uh-huh. and he was ahead of William Byron. Right. And that's what they were looking at, right? Right. But they judged it last night off of who, who was the finish line first, right? Well, it was about who was in first when the caution came out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I think Byron had slowed down because he saw, obviously saw the wreck behind him or next to him, wherever it was. I can't remember. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just I don't know, especially when it's a big race like that, the, the best race in NASCAR. You know, you want to see it be more fun. People want to see a little more racing. People do want to see a little bit more racing, and they got more racing last night. I guess the Xfinity. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch any of that, but you know, that was late. That was too late. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee has hired a new running back coach from Cincinnati, Darrell Sims. Darrell, what a name! D E apostrophe. R-A-I-L Sims. <laughs> I love it, man. I absolutely love this hire. Come on down to Rocky Top from Cincinnati. It's a short drive down 75. There's nothing good in Cincinnati, and the only good thing to come out of Kentucky is I-75 South. Just come on down here to Rocky Top, and he's going to fit right in. C- and then Cincinnati's in another – Ohio. What's that? I don't know if you know, but Cincinnati's in Ohio. I'm well aware, but it's on the border of Kentucky. Uh, see, people do that. People try to make Cincinnati a Kentucky thing, but I don't. I don't allow it. It's pretty close to Kentucky. It, it's, like, I understand. it's literally you know right, across right, right, right across the river. Right across the river. One yeah. side of the river is Kentucky; the other side is Ohio. People do this. It's the same thing with Kansas City. Like there's a Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas. Yeah. yeah. I don't like this kind of thing that people like to do. I, I'm, I'm. I got my eye on you, people, trying to make Cincinnati a Kentucky thing. Well, I don't like either state. Nothing good ever comes out of either of them. I can agree with you on that one. But I notice what you're – I see what people are doing. I'm just saying. It's a terrible state. 
Kentucky Both of or, them. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Okay. Just saying. Where would you rather live? If what? You, if you were forced to live in Kentucky or Ohio. I'd rather be dead. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's say you're Those alive. Those state income taxes? Uh-uh. I let's, don't want no part of that. Let's say you're alive. You had to pick a state. I mean, there's a reason people have to refinance their transmissions in Kentucky, Marcus. I understand. Because they, they have just... to pay a percentage of what their car is in order to be able to get tags for the thing. I've always wanted to live in a place where they had pro sports teams. You know, so I I think I'd want to live in like Ohio, like a Cleveland or a Cincinnati. Well, no, I'm saying just like well, just a state. Yeah, state. Yeah, good point. I'd want to live in Miami. You got every Ohio? sport in the world down there. Miami, Miami of Ohio. Yeah, you want to live in, on the campus <laughs> of Miami of Ohio? Absolutely not. Have you ever been up that way? I'm sure they have cocaine problems too. They have more than that, Marcus. They have more than that. Miami's way too expensive, though, isn't it? I uh, don't care. I don't know about Miami, Ohio. I don't know how expensive it is there. <laughs> uh, it might be cheaper. <laughs> might be. Have you seen that place? Miami of Ohio? Yes. I have not. I've only seen uh, images of their school. I'd rather go to Alice Lloyd College up in Kentucky that is on the side of a mountain yeah. than to live in Miami, Ohio. I'd rather live in Ohio than Kentucky, like you said. I think the, the pro sports teams, but also I feel like there's less frustration. You have to deal with Kentucky fans. I'd rather deal with Ohio State fans than Kentucky fans. Anyway, continue. Sim, I'm very excited about the, these this hire. I don't know if you uh, – I was trying to look up any notable names that he's, like, coached. But he's been he's bounced around for the last few years to East Carolina, James Madison, Western Carolina. Well, he, he even coached Carson Newman for a bit. I think I saw a stat in like three of his last four seasons, he's had a top twenty-five rushing. Well, attack, didn't who's so. the guy that went from Tennessee to there? Was he the coach for Tyron Evans or whatever his name was? Was he there with? I him? thought he went to Louisville. Did he go to Louisville? I thought so. Was it? Oh, was he well, there? he was the running back coach at Louisville. He was for at 2021. Louisville. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was wondering for a year. So maybe. Oh, so he was from. So he was just at Cincinnati with Siderfield. Okay. Yeah. So he, he left with him from Louisville to Cincinnati. And then, of course, we hire a linebackers coach from Kalen DeBoer's new staff at Alabama. Now I got questions what about this. What was his name? One. I forgot. Right. His <laughs> name is Inge? William, either Inge or Ing. I N G E. Who knows? William Ing. Um. So he. Some fun facts for you. I've learned about him. Because this was the one I found most interesting. So he went to school in Iowa. Okay. Kind of ironic that that was the team we just beat. Uh, He did go pro. He was a defensive end. So he knows defense. He he is a defensive guy. He was a defensive end at Iowa. Um, He played, uh, I guess, just a year or maybe just got uh, a short stint at the Tennessee Titans. says here that he was there in 1997. So... Quite the little interesting tidbit. So he has followed DeBoer from uh, Indiana to Fresno to Washington. So here's the thing I'm curious about. I, I'd love to get your thoughts. At Washington, he was the uh-huh. uh, assistant head coach and the co-defensive coordinator. And from my understanding, he was con- about to go back or go to Alabama yeah. to be the same position he picked up here, which is a linebackers coach. Do you want? Do you a? Do you like that you have a guy that's got experience as a coordinator and an, an assistant head coach, or do you kind of wonder why? Why the demotion? If you were to go to Alabama with him, why? Why wouldn't you get the same 
treatment, especially because your defensive coordinator just left for the Seahawks. Right. So here's my take on that, you know, and we all know that Washington likes to score a lot of points. We know that, right? Yeah. They like to throw the ball a lot. Yeah. Maybe he just was not meant to be a defensive coordinator. There are some guys that are just meant to be position coaches. You look at Rodney Garner, he is meant to be a defensive line coach, and he's damn good at it. If William Ng just hones in on that linebacker position and just crafts everything around it to nothing but perfection, then it's going to be great. Because some guys, they're just better off being a position coach. Some guys are better off just being coordinators, not head coaches. Look at Will Muschamp. That's a prime example. Defensive coordinator at Texas gets hired at Florida as a head coach. Does not work out. Goes back to being a D.C., goes to Auburn. Then gets another head coaching job at South Carolina. Did not work out. The guy is just better off being a position coach or a coordinator. So I think there's a lot of guys that want to make that jump. And you go from position coach to coordinator. And when you're a coordinator, you have to be able to control every position on that field. You got to be working with the DBs. You got to be working with the linebackers. You got to be working with the defensive line. You got a lot more responsibility as a coordinator than what you do a position coach. And then some guys just want to be a head coach. Well, not only do you have to manage your defense and your offensive coordinators, you got to be working with every single positions coach. And that's why being a head coach is such a tough job. You know, a lot of people are like, well, just go out there, drop some plays like you're on Madden, and there it is. It's not how this works. You might see 5% of the stuff that's in Madden actually ran when you're on a field. So when you look at the situation like you're referencing, Marcus, maybe he just didn't feel confident in being a defensive coordinator, or Kalen DeBoer did not feel confident in him being the defensive coordinator. And it's like, well, man, you're really good at coaching up linebackers. You're really good at coaching up the D-line. So we have a linebacker coach position available. That's what you're going to be. And well, then is he going to Alabama to be the defensive coordinator? Yes. Or a linebacker? Or the, oh, the linebacker's coach. Oh, okay. linebacker's coach. I was going to say, I can't believe they wouldn't have a defensive coordinator by now. Well, they don't. And there was rumors from what I was reading that he was maybe going to try to stick with maybe Washington at one point. But, of course, Washington hired uh, Steve Belichick to be their defense coordinator. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Weird. He has no ties to the organization or the I state. Get- my my thing is is he's gotten no he's he's been mainly on the west coast so he has no yeah. like ties of the south like recruiting wise like do players know him well so I was that sort of a, thing so that's one thing that does scare me I mean he's just a linebackers coach so he's gonna focus on just linebackers so well, it's not like he's the defensive coordinator I but. will put this out there I mean he's from Missouri that's where, where he's originally from um, obviously he was he's experienced not just the west coast he was. In Indiana, he was with Buffalo, Buffalo Bills for a short time, Cincinnati, Colorado, which is more west, and then northern Iowa, which just the north, I guess, really. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't have experience in the south necessarily, but I think his experience in Washington will give him an edge because it's recency bias. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, not everyone, not all the kids until they've met him, probably knew who Rodney Gardner was. Probably not true. trying to not trying to compare those guys, but you know, people know him from his earlier career, and once you okay. get to know him and you start to learn about him, you're like, oh, this guy's been through a lot. This is really cool. I love yeah. getting to know him as a recruit. You're bringing in a guy who was just in a national championship, and their defense kept him in a lot of games. 
Yeah, I'm not, I was wondering if their offense was just so good, their defense didn't have to do a whole lot. But there were games where it was low scoring. Right, and, and not trying it. to say that he's the sole reason, but yeah. you bring in someone that was a part of something like that. And Jake, you brought up a great point about how how they like to have their offense. Even though we like to run the ball really well, we're a high flying offense too. You you want to have a guy that's had some experience with having to deal yep. with that and be okay with dealing with that. Because not many, not many defensive guys are probably going to be like, you know what, I want my defensive guys on the field a lot more often. It's like points per game. Washington's D was 56. We were 22nd. Hmm. Now, was the would you say the Pac-12 was better than the SEC? Defensively? Well, just As who a they probably would have played. I mean, they played 15 games. I mean, we only played, what, 12, 13? I think they had Oregon, USC, Colorado. Which had its moments. I mean, they were in national championship games. So, I mean, that trumps all. But the it defense does. has got to be somewhat good to get you there. And they played. They played well. They played Texas, right? Texas yeah. and Michigan. I mean, here's the thing with the Pac-12, and you know, at one point last year, I think everyone was saying that the Pac, especially at this station. I mean, we were saying the Pac-12 might be the best conference in all of college football, right? Mm-hmm. But we also said that the Pac-12 would consume itself. And what did it do? It consumed itself. Now, we don't know just how good it was because a lot of these guys didn't play many teams outside of the Pac-12. You got to think they had a nine-game conference schedule. At least three games, which they're going to throw in two throwaway games, most likely. And then you might get a competitive game with somebody else. I don't necessarily know how good the Pac-12 was, and we're never going to know how good the Pac-12 is ever again it's done the Pac-12 is basically extinct Mm -hmm. at this point does anyone have any thoughts on how these teams are going to fare in the Big 12 in the Big 10 when they make that jump this upcoming season because quite frankly I don't think a lot of them I mean if you're going to the Big 12 you might have a might have a, a shot if you go to the Big 10 you're going to have to play some real football. You're going to have to go up against the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Penn States, the Iowas of the world. Well, and a lot of these teams, I mean, you're losing Penix, you're losing Caleb Williams. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's already a – Bo Nix, too. Bo Nix is gone. Yeah. I mean, they, they replaced him with Gabriel, so I don't think it will be as big a drop for Oregon. I mean, man, they kept their coach, which is huge. I yeah. mean, you know, Washington, I think, takes a big drop. I well, mean, they and have you got to think, too, like Oregon, if they really want to be competitive, Oregon has money. They've got all that Nike money. So whoever they want, they can go get. It's just all about getting them the right getting them the right system. Dan Lanning, I mean, obviously, we think he's going to be an Oregon staple at this point. Because if you know he, he got turned all, down Bama. I was I mean, say, that's not just any school he's turning down. He I mean, he turned down the Mecca of college football. Yeah. Well, we we've talked about do you want to be the guy after the goat or do you want to be the guy after I mean, that guy? It's would you want to be the guy after that guy if he just absolutely runs it into the ground? That's another thing to think about. I don't know because I think you know. I think you could. That would give you a saving grace because you're either going to be a Josh Heupel or you're going to be a Derek Dooley. <laughs> I love Derek Dooley, but the fact of the matter Dooley is he had to it. take over after the guy that was after the guy, and both of those coaches left this program in such a mess that Derek Dooley had no chance at ever succeeding at Tennessee. And here's the thing: everyone can say, "Well, Derek Dooley didn't recruit a single offensive lineman." Well, guess what? What did Philip Fulmer recruit 
for that class of 2008. It is still to this day the worst recruiting class in Tennessee history. And, of course, you didn't feel the effect of that in 2008. You really didn't feel it in 2009 because Lane Kiffin had recruited enough in that one year that he was here with Bryce Brown, Jansen Jackson, New Keith Richardson, and all those guys to where you weren't going to feel it as much. Now, when all those guys either transferred out or got kicked off the team, you really started feeling it in 2010-2011. Uh, Oregon's over-under for wins next year is 10.5. And, a half. and that's with Ohio State and Michigan on their schedule. Take the under. Washington. So this Place is, the futures bet right now. Ohio everybody everybody and, take the under. Here's what Michigan I'm going to say. Of the four, the four teams that went to the Big Ten, if I could rank them in success potential, I think Oregon has the best success potential in the Big Ten. Uh, after that, I would say USC, just because of the brand. And... They got to fix a lot, though. They I mean, they were losing games with Caleb Williams. Well, and you also got a program killer in Lincoln Riley out there. But who do you have after that? You have UCLA and Washington. You're talking about the teams that had gone over there? Yeah. Well, let's I mean, continue this. those four teams. Let's continue this conversation on the other side. We got to hit our final break of the hour because I really want to do a deep dive into how well the Pac 12 is actually going to do when they get to wherever they're going. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward half revolutionized. Here on the GI Jake Show, right here on Fan Run Radio, Marcus, you are. I'm in a trance. You are cackling. I'm in a trance. What I just witnessed that no one will ever see because he was on his phone. Jack was vibing. I was the only one that witnessed that, and 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 no one will ever understand the trance that that put me into. I mean, Jack and I are just over here in a full blown vibe. I just wasn't expecting it. I mean, I'm I'm happy. It's you know, it's it's a mood uplifting song. I will agree. Well, there you have that. Jumping back to the Pac-12 and which teams will see the most success. You know, we mentioned Oregon because they have all that money, right? I mean, that's basically the whole point of that conversation. They've got money. They're most likely going to see some success. Washington, how are they going to fare? Can I give my personal rankings? Sure. So I started off with the Big Ten, and I'll – finish that one real quick me personally of the four teams joining the big 10 and success now when i say success i don't mean that they're going to do well but of those four teams who do i think will do the best i think oregon's going to do the best i think they're set up for success right now um they may not hit the 10 wins but they're definitely going to be at least eight maybe nine wins uh after that, I'm putting USC just because of their brand. They're still going to get teams in there. I don't trust Lincoln Riley. I agree with you, but I think they're going to get players in there because it's USC. It's a brand. After that, it's Washington. Washington obviously had some success, but they're having a whole over 
overhaul. Overhaul, change yeah. of players, uh, Coach. coaches, things like that. And then to me, UCLA is just still a dumpster fire. They're they're just going to be. Uh, yeah, they made a tear. I think they made a terrible hire too. I didn't see who they hired. Deshaun Foster, you said the running oh, back, yeah, old yeah. running back. Yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Uh, and then they're it, projected up over five and a half right now. And if you want to jump over to the Which Big Twelve, worse in the conference. The four teams there: Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Mm-hmm. Utah is going to have the most success, I think, of all the. Team. They've been great. Yeah, they're good. I, they're I think they're going to. They're. I think they're going to play well. And they get. Uh, I think Rising back next year. I'd be curious to see what their over uh, under is for next season. Because for who Utah for Utah? Because if it's like eight or nine games, I'm taking the over. I still think they're they're going to be a really good team in the Big Twelve. And then I put uh, Arizona. Arizona played really well last year. I think they're still a good team. Uh, then Colorado. I want Colorado to do well. Look me in the eyes, people who are listening. <laughs> I want Dion to do well. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. But I just don't see him succeeding in the way that he he expects himself to succeed. And then Arizona State's Arizona State. Let's be real. Utah is nine and a half. I'd take the over on that. I'd feel comfortable in the Big Them 12. Them and Kansas State are the two highest. They're both at nine and a half. In the Big 12, yeah, I'd take, I'd take Utah on, on that. Uh, what was the other team's? Colorado. Here's my thing with Colorado. Colorado's 12th. They're projected five and a half. Take the under. Um, take the under five and a half? Yes, take the under five and a half on that. And the reason I say that is because when you look at everything going on at that university right now, they're not out there playing football. They're out there providing entertainment. When you look at what goes on in the locker room (coughs) and everything else all around it, it's all for publicity. I can't stand that. Dion. And the thing is, I love Dion. Absolutely love him. Matter of fact, if I could come in and do the show and look exactly like him, it'd be great, right? Get some of those gold shades. I do like the blenders. I do like the blenders. Now, if I can come in, because eventually I'm going to tell you what, y'all what's going to happen here in a few weeks once some things get settled. I'm going to be coming in in a fresh pair of J's, probably a Cuban chain. That's just me. It's like the perfect hybrid of that and my frat boy self. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, right. that's, that's how I roll. Okay. But with Colorado – Give me some results on the field, and maybe I'll buy in. You beat a very overrated TCU team. But yeah, well, I, not, I mean, you need to know what they're going to be. You also have to give. Well, I'd still give some credit to Colorado because they pretty much played fantasy football and had a fresh team completely from scratch, which obviously did not work for them for the rest of the year. But for the first game, you got to give them a little credit. Well, they, what they start four and one or something? They started out three and zero, and then they get shellacked by Oregon they almost came back and beat USC which USC was a fraud anyway because yeah, yeah. Caleb Williams is not what he's cracked up to be and Lincoln Riley's a program killer look at what he did to Oklahoma and you best believe he's going to do the same thing at USC he's going to kill that program I will say I remember Travis Hunter got hurt um somewhere yeah, in the did, middle of the yeah. season and that dude is yeah, that, a baller well yeah but yeah. you got to look at how many snaps he was playing I mean the guy was playing both sides of the ball and yeah, you just can't he, you can't do that at this level he, he's got to pick one or the other if he wants to be in the NFL I think he's going to play corner in the NFL he should there's it, too many good wide outs. Well, I think he's a better defensive back than he is a receiver. And yeah, I mean, he's pretty a, damn good at receiver. That's yeah. the thing is he's really good at receiver. But See, well, here's Colorado had to put their best players on the field both sides of the ball. They didn't have a lot of talent out there. Well, so no. Shadur and Travis Hunter. Here's what I would do. 
I'd, I'd have certain offensive packages where he's out there. I, I treat it almost like how, you know, NFL teams have like a D lineman kind of play yeah. for them on the goal line. Do something like that for him. Get him in there every so often on offense, but let him play defense mainly because you're going to you're gonna wear that boy out. Like, he, he's a great player. He's a great I, – I actually really enjoy like his uh, – I guess like his twitch, I guess, but I've only seen clips of it. But like when he talks about some of the stuff that's happened, I, yeah. I've enjoyed hearing him talk. Like, he's a cool dude. He deserves – he's one of those guys that you want to see succeed in the NFL. But if you're having him on both sides of the ball, this guy's going to, like, just wear down. And, and you can't you can't do that. So, I, I think Colorado, they need more weapons, obviously. But I, he might be your best player on offense, but I, I'd keep him on the defensive side where he belongs. He's, he's a great defensive back. Great. I mean, you saw that at um, – where did they – where what was school before? Jackson, Jackson, Jackson State. State. Yeah. Jackson State. Jackson State. Like, he was great. He was great there. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, they had to get out of there. Shador, Travis Hunter, Dion, they had to get out of there. Because administration had lied to Dion, and Dion was basically funding the Jackson State program. Which should never happen at any school. Your coach should not be funding your athletic program if you're a collegiate program. Period. That should not be how that works. And he was sitting down there funding that entire athletic program, at least the football team. Because, like, all the Under Armour stuff that they had, you know, of course, Under Armour is going to give you so much. But then after that, you got to start going out and buying it yourself. Like, you got to use university funds to do that. Well, guess what? Jackson State does not have that much money. So Are you surprised Shadur didn't enter his name or hasn't entered his name? or Into the draft? Yeah. No, I'm not surprised. I, I they think said he'd be the third year. best quarterback on the board. He'd be ahead of uh, – I just have a hard time believing that, man. I, I think he needs one more year. I think one more year. He's and already he, 23. I mean, Hennon Hooker got drafted at 24. Well, I'm just saying, like – Brandon Weeding was, was a first-round pick, and he was 32. <laughs> third-best quarterback, though. I don't know how you can get much better than that. That was a pick that I will never understand. He was awful. Yeah. Yeah, he was, was not – Brandon Weeding. Brandon Weeding oh, was yeah. nothing at, at Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was nothing. It. But yeah, he, he was like in, he was in his like twenty three, twenty four. I just didn't know he was that old. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I, maybe he redshirted. I guess as, I, don't know. I, I thought he went straight I, to Jackson State when he started. Yeah, I thought he was. And then he started. At, I don't know. I mean, was he two years at Jackson State? Then I guess. Yeah, he started two years. I think Travis Hunter started one year. Maybe next year's class is weaker. I don't know. Probably. I mean, you got to think. People were wanting to fire Mike Norvell down at Florida State. Because he lost Travis Hunter to Jackson State. Yeah. Now, we all think that he got paid, what, $1.5 million to go to Jackson State? Probably. He got something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you're not going to that school for free. Because you're not in the spotlight by any stretch. Yeah, maybe he doesn't like the spotlight. The 2025 mock draft has the Titans picking first and taking Shadur Sanders. I'm sorry, repeat that again. The 2025 mock draft uh-huh. that I'm looking at has the Titans going picking first yep. and taking Shadur first Sanders. Overall. Yes. Great. Um, no. Now, this is some site called Walter Football. I don't know oh, if they're legit. Oh, Walter Football. Yeah, I heard of him. Would you um, take Shadur over Levis? <laughs> I'd take Shadur over Levis. <laughs> Walter um, Nolan, number two. We, we know him. Gosh. Uh, yeah, he'll be a paycheck. Travis Hunter's fourth four on this right now. I'm telling you right now, if we do end up with the fir- uh, top three pick, we're going for a quarterback, but I don't think it's going to be Sanders. 
Um, Did you guys project to be that bad? I didn't know you were going to be that bad. Oh, it's it's not going to be pretty down in Nashville. I this year is going to be a wash yeah. market. Did I hear that there was Stephen A was talking on a show how people want to play in Nashville or something. Well, yeah, because there's no well, state income with, tax. With Bowers, there, I guess maybe there, it's true well, to that. There are but few, people want to play with Levis, there I heard. Are, no, stop that. People there, don't want to play with that few, oh, That's what he said. There are a few things that make Nashville enticing. Uh, it's a big city, but it's not massive. So you can kind of go around and enjoy yourself, but you're not going to be flogged by like a bunch of people. Right. Um, no income tax, that's a big thing. Um, weather's nice. Uh, what else? Weather's nice. Batman building. You got the Batman, Batman building. You got a hockey team that's can be fun to watch sometimes. Uh, they have a soccer team. Maybe a baseball team in the future. Who knows? Can we move the Grizzlies from Memphis to Nashville? Maybe I'll become a fan. You drop Miami if they move to Nashville. I, I need a Nashville team. That would be interesting. Well, they were going to get baseball, right? They might. I'm, but also, I just want to—I want to reiterate. No one is saying, I want to come to Nashville for Will Levis. I want us to stop that right now. No one is saying that. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up?